Good evening everyone and welcome. Tonight's class is titled Consistent Challenges and Thoughts. Consistent Challenges and Thoughts. And um, to, on a personal note, um, this chapter talks to me and many that I've learned it with, have, this chapter has really connected with them um, in a very special and unique way. You know, I'd like to start off by sharing a story of the author of the Tanya, Reb Shneir Zaman of Liadi. He, like most rabbis, they, you live off of communal funds. Living off of communal funds means that you live with the minimum. If, you're, if, if someone else is giving you to support you, and uh, that same money can be used to help a second person, so you try to live off of the minimum possible. And one day his grandson, Rabbi Menachem Mendel, who later would become the third Rebbe, he enters into his grandfather's house. He was recently married and he's wearing a gartel. He's wearing this um, sash around him. This is what men wear after they get married. When they daven, when you pray, and the one he had was a very expensive one. The one that the Alter Rebbe's grandson was wearing was very expensive. So his grandfather shares, he says, How much did he pay for that? He says, 15 rubles. 15 rubles. How much was your entire dowry? How much money did you get when you got married? He says, 2,000 rubles. So his grandfather listens and he says, and what did you do with it? I invested it with a very trustworthy man, Rabbi Menachem Mendel says. And I, I'm, I, he's an honest man, and I'm, I'm confident in his ability. The Alter Rebbe says, I don't think it's such a good idea. I don't think it's such a good idea to be investing in this man. But he's upright, he's honest. He takes out a charity box, he says, if you invest in this box, I guarantee you success. I guarantee you, you'll, you'll make profit. Rabbi Menachem Mendel is like, but I, this is a good investment. Again, he says, I, I suggest you invest in this, in, this in this box here, in charity. Rabbi Menachem Mendel couldn't bring himself to do it. He left his investment by this man, and a little while later, the man's warehouse went up in flames, and that was the end, that was the end of the money. He lost all the money. So he goes back to his grandfather, and his grandfather says, Nu, what happened? How was your investment? So he says, he's ashamed. He says, he says a story. He says how it went up in flames. So the Alter Rebbe says, if only you would listen to me like the old man in Velazhin. What's the story in the town of Velazhin? The Alter Rebbe, when he was a young man, he learned by the Maggid of Mizrich. And he was one winter heading home from the Maggid. It was a freezing, freezing night. And he was completely frozen. 
And he ended up in the town of Allah. An older man came and he was smearing him with... Uh, he was trying to warm him up using alcohol and different things, literally rubbing his feet. And finally he was able to re you know, bring back the uh, feeling in his feet. Able to bring him back. And the Atarabi starts talking to him. This man saves, it, saves his life, he appreciates it, and he starts talking to him. He says, how are you? What's the story? And the older man shares that he is, he lives in a very small town. Such a small town that there's no minion. And for the high holidays, what does he do? He goes to a bigger town. So the Alter is talking to him and he says, Okay, you go to a bigger town. Why don't you move to the bigger town? He says, I'm worried. I'm worried how, how I'll make Parnassa. How many families are there living in the town? He, the Alter Rebbe asks the old man, who responds, 100. You don't think that God could find Parnassa for one more person? He could find for 100. He can't find for one more? That was the end of the conversation. 30 minutes later, the Alter Rebbe hears wagons. The guy is loading up and moving. He, a rabbi tells him that he should move and God will provide him. He, he picks up and, and moves. So the Alter Rebbe is sharing this story with his grandson. And he says, that man, with a simple quote what I shared, he was will willing to take his entire fortune and just trust in God and move. If only we would all have that faith. That's a story, a very powerful story. And I thought it's, it's a true story of, of faith. And a lot of what we're learning, we're learning about trials and challenges, the essence of it all is that we all believe in God and we all know He does it for the right reason. He does it not only for the right reason, He does it for a good reason. And tonight we're going to learn something that is unbelievable. Tonight we're going to learn that someone that has consistent challenges and consistent, not challenges, someone who has consistent nagging thoughts and perhaps they're inappropriate thoughts that person is on a higher and greater level and has unique abilities that even the greatest tzaddik doesn't have. And let me explain outside, I think this is something unbelievable. We say it every day, more than once a day in Shema. The passage, the passage tells us, The passage says in the Shema, in the third, in the third paragraph of the Shema, the paragraph of Tzitzis, it shares, And you will not follow after your heart and after your eyes by which you go astray. There's a direct command from Hashem not to go after your heart and your eyes by which you go astray. What does that mean? It means that our eyes, they may see something, we may want something. So there's a command in the Torah not to fulfill that desire you have. We learn in the Talmud, why did God make us eyelids? Why did God make us eyelids? And similarly, why is there like a flap in the ear Cover, directly covering the hole of the, the ear, ear hole, is that an appropriate word? What's the ear channel. Ear channel. But literally God has given us tools with both to close our eyes and similarly to shut our ears 
that we shouldn't see something we don't want to see and we shouldn't hear something we don't want to hear. But, if we see something inappropriate, there is almost an automatic reaction at times to want whatever that item is, whatever that thing may be. So there is a direct mitzvah in the Torah that do not follow your heart, do not follow your eyes. One of the 613 commandments. And yet, so let's talk about the mitzvah. Let's talk about the mitzvah. It's an incredible mitzvah. The mitzvah is that when you're having an inappropriate thought, do not go ahead and fulfill it. Which means, naturally, if you don't have inappropriate thoughts, and you don't stop your inappropriate thoughts, you don't fulfill this mitzvah. <laughs> I'm going to get back here, but I want to share, I want to share some things. So it's a mitzvah to not... It's not a mitzvah to have inappropriate no, thoughts, but it's, but it's, it's a mitzvah to stop right, every right. individual inappropriate thought. Every individual inappropriate thought you stop is fulfilling a mitzvah. You know, to digress for a minute, but it's not even digressing, it's very important. Many people complain, Hashem has given us so many commandments, 613. And the truth is, it's such a sad comment. Why is it such a sad comment? Because we say so often that Hashem gave us so many mitzvahs to reward us. The more mitzvahs He gives, the easier it is for us to listen to Him. Imagine Hashem said, I want you to do one thing, believe in me. So there is one mitzvah, you do it or you don't do it. But imagine Hashem says, I, do, I want you to go ahead and respect your parents, I want you to go ahead and eat kosher, I want you to keep Shabbos, I want you to go ahead and make sure that you wear, wear I want you to light Shabbos candles, wear tefillin, I want you to... Everything we do is a mitzvah. Every little thing we do. People again complain, they say that halacha, Jewish law, is caught up in the details. Literally, what's... Which shoe should you go ahead and tie first? And when you put on shampoo, where on your body should you start the shampoo? Where are you? But the truth is that that's the greatness. Hashem has come and said that I'm going to be able to give you guidance in every detail and every little thing you do is a mitzvah. So let's go back now. You're not going to tell us where to shampoo first? From the head. <laughs> and, and, and when it comes to your hands and the rest of your body, you should always do the right side before the left side. <laughs> so, so. There's, there's a sub-note there where there's hair. So, so the, every time you have an inappropriate thought and you stop it, you have fulfilled a mitzvah. And this mitzvah cannot apply by a tzaddik because they don't have inappropriate thoughts. They don't have inappropriate de desires. This is step number one. This is not the end of it all. We're going to share a few amazing things that happen to someone who has these consistent challenges and thoughts. But number one is, every individual challenge you... Just today I was talking to someone and they said they're bothered by consistent thought. It's, it doesn't stop. And someone who has such a situation, it's very, very challenging. It is. But one thing to think is every, every single moment that you're having a thought and every single moment you push it away is an individual mitzvah. You are connecting with Hashem on, an, on a level, 
like none else with, by just pushing away that thought. So for example, you're having a thought, you want to eat something that's not kosher. It came to you for a second. And you push it away, you've just fulfilled the mitzvah. That, that simple, it could have taken you half of a second. And in that half a second you fulfilled the mitzvah, etc. You know, you see someone who, who is trying to pull into a parking spot and you're going to try and cut them off. <laughs> we know so many examples. Okay. Are there any questions before we go inside? So, the teenager who keeps having thoughts of going in and killing all of his teachers and every day he stops. Each one of those is a mitzvah. So, well, I'm going to share, that's, a, that's a, an example I think we should talk about another time, because that's an example of someone who, unfortunately, needs to talk to a professional for medical reasons. So that's a, a bit of a drastic example. What was your question? The question was, if someone every day has thoughts of killing someone and doesn't, are they fulfilling a mitzvah? The answer is, nonetheless, the answer would be yes. To answer your question, the answer is yes. If someone has, wants to do something inappropriate and they stop themselves, yes. That is, a, they fulfill this mitzvah. Yeah. But, but that, is there a level, I would think so, but is there a level that's, that's greater than inappropriate? I mean, that's... Explain to me the question. Well, well Sandra said, we were talking about inappropriate thoughts. Yeah. But what she suggested, that sounds like above and beyond. Yeah. And that's a whole other level. Because I mean, you're harming people. And Correct. It's, it would, it, the, uh, the effect... I don't think that's what we're discussing. That is more drastic. But nonetheless, if you have such a thought... Same concept. Well, this detail would still apply. Meaning, even if you, no matter how bad the thing is, if you don't, if you push away that thought, you are fulfilling this mitzvah. Again, there may be more to it. They may have, you know, there may be more they need to deal with aside from that thought. It looks like they may have some fundamental issue they need to deal with. Wow, have I accumulated a lot of mitzvahs. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 27, page 116. We're continuing from the previous chapter 26 where we discussed what, how someone should deal with challenges in health, wealth, and children. And we continued ha talking about what a, a perspective if someone has unfortunately sinned. And here we're going to go ahead and discuss should the sadness, however, not come from worry over sins. You're not sad because you've sinned. Why are you sad? but from evil thoughts and desires that enter his mind. The person is constantly having inappropriate thoughts, but he's not fulfilling them. He's not doing them. And that makes him very sad. And I'm sure you've all, you know, I know on a personal note, I've, I've you know, spoken to many people where they say, they say, you know, a worry may be where they are they feel like they're bad because they're having inappropriate thoughts. But, and that's exactly the person we're talking about. Someone that feels bad 
because they're constantly having inappropriate thoughts. Not more than that. And before we continue, let's re, re, uh, remind ourselves on where thoughts fall into the picture. Meaning a tzaddik does not have inappropriate thoughts, period. The bainani has inappropriate thoughts coming to his mind, but he's able to always remove them once he catches himself. Meaning, if, if he sees something, it may create within him a certain desire, but the moment he recognizes the desire, he pushes it away. Did you not teach us previously that there are two kinds of tzaddik? tzaddikim? I did, but not for this conversation, but yes, we learned that previous. Third of all, we have the Russia, who the Russia has inappropriate thoughts and may follow through on them. So again, here we're saying, we're talking about the Bainani. And the Bainani, his entire life, can have these inappropriate thoughts banging him on the head. Nonetheless, it should not make him sad. Remember, the focus of these chapters is how sadness has no place. And so we say here, if they enter, not during divine service. So you're not in the middle of praying to God. You're not in the middle of doing a mitzvah when these thoughts come. If you are in the middle of doing a mitzvah, so then we're going to give you a new perspective in chapter 28. Chapter 27 is going to focus on someone who is constantly having inappropriate thoughts, but it's not during the time of prayer or service of God. When is it for a while he's occupied with his own affairs and with mundane matters and the like during business, etc.? So should he be sad? Not only should he not be sad, continues the Tani, he should on the contrary be happy in his portion. What a lucky man! In that, though they enter his mind, he averts his mind from them in order to fulfill the injunction, the mitzvah, and you will not follow after your heart and after your eyes by which you go astray. Not only should you not be sad, what a lucky man you are! Or a woman, that you are with this singular inappropriate thought that you pushed away, you have fulfilled a mitzvah. And this mitzvah is not applicable to a tzaddik, because the verse does not speak of the righteous, to refer to them as going astray. Tzaddikim are on a path. There is no room for them to go astray. God forbid. But, who, and who is the passage talking of? But of Bain and him intermediaries like him, in whose mind do enter these erotic thoughts, whether of an innocent nature or number two, or otherwise. So when someone has, as you see here, if someone has a thought of having an inappropriate relationship, and they are able to push it away immediately, not only should they not feel down, but they should feel great that they have been able to fulfill a mitzvah of Hashem. Dr. Yosef, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Maishim, any questions? Not yet. Not yet. Any questions? No? Please, Basha. I heard a quotation from somebody, I don't know what the source is. But they said, you can't keep the birds from flying above your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hand. 
Interesting. You can't keep them <laughs> flying above your head. Just for how, how and explain, <laughs> <laughs> explain it to me here. <laughs> well, you have the thought. Yeah. But you don't have to let the thought meditate. Absolutely. Yes. Exactly. Exactly what we're saying here. Mm-hmm. When he averts his mind from them, he is fulfilling this injunction. So the moment, hey, making us all scratch our head. <laughs> the moment. You have the, the individual thought and you push it away, you fulfill the mitzvah. It, this is, I, I must say, this is groundbreaking. It's truly groundbreaking. Again, the, the, I mean, we could go home with this thought and we'll, you'll, hopefully you'll have enough fuel for a month. The fuel is, the gasoline is that when we, what we may look as challenges and what we may tell ourselves how bad I am, I had such a thought, I must be such a bad person, the truth is, let's flip it around and say, with this, with this individual action, I have just done a mitzvah. It's, it's, a, it's an unbelievable perspective. It's unbelievable. So does that mean somebody who has OCD and has the thought, i got to go wash my hands 20 times, if he washes them once and then fights the thought for the next 19, he's done a mitzvah over and over again 19 times? It's not a sin to wash your hands. Right. I have to think more about that individual example. I'm familiar with the question, it's a, um, but I, I'd have to think if that's going to if that's going to stick in here. You're right, right, right. Yes, David. If I may presume to see a point in this, the actualization is the dangerous part, while the thought is not free of the potential for sin, the actualization is the sin. Right. And I, I think, again, I hope I'm not being presumptuous, I think that's the essence of the point that the Alter Rebbe is trying to make. It's, it's, I believe it's much deeper here. Wow, yes. that's deep enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because what we've been learning in Tanya that we've been learning so much how our thoughts count. Not that our thoughts don't count. We're not learning. Our thoughts are extremely powerful. But we're learning that although our thoughts are so powerful, and when you have the individual thought that is, it's, it's a ba- it is a bad thing, it's an inappropriate thing. But the fact that you're able to fight it is much greater. I think the next conclusion, which is inescapable, is that it is important, as important to discipline your thoughts as it is to discipline your actions. Yes, correct. correct. Uh, Rabbi? Yes. Just one, one question. Is this the only place in the Tanya that deals with this, with this subject? And the reason I ask is because there's a whole host of, of thoughts that that you could have, like, I don't know, maybe you're dealing with somebody in a business relationship and you're, you're just angry with them and your, well, your emotions want you to do something that doesn't have the best outcome. Right. And you fight that. Is that in the same category? Is that somewhere else? Or is that, that would, not that would, even? That would certainly fit in right here. 
where you it's coming to your mind to do something inappropriate absolutely you're upset and you want to and because um, anger is not a good thing anger so. is right. anger is one of the few items where we say there's no place right. so correct. if you can succeed in overcoming your right anger. right right correct correct thank you Maybe I missed it because I came a little late, but like, is this only about thoughts that are about doing a sin, or is it also include like a thought that's just like negative, like something like you're being down on yourself, or you're like stuck in the past? Right. It it depends. Why are you being down on yourself? What are you down about? What are you sad about? So this is about if you're down on yourself about like an event. Correct. Other other items were in the previous chapter. Yeah. yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So, here we have a, we're going to now lead ourselves into a question, which, a simple question. When I was in yeshiva and, and no one would ask the question, the teacher would start screaming. Like, How come you didn't ask the question? There's an obvious question that has arisen, and you've, you all didn't want to, you were worried I didn't know the answer, so you didn't ask. And so here, here's the question, I'll share the question. The question is, when you say, let's take Sandra's, Sandra's example. When you, say, when you have a thought, you want to kill someone, you don't kill them. So you've, you haven't done anything good, you just haven't done anything bad. So you're the same as a tzaddik. The tzaddik didn't kill and you didn't kill. How are we saying here that someone who wanted to kill and didn't kill is better than someone who doesn't want to kill at all? Like we, we, Where in the Torah do we see such an idea? Clear question? Let's repeat it one more time. Where in the Torah do we find <clears throat> when it comes to doing good, I understand, if you do good, it's better than if you don't do good. But here, you both didn't do anything bad. The tzaddik, did, the tzaddik didn't kill, and you didn't kill, and the bain didn't kill. So why is one better than the other? Like, how, how are you different? And here we learn another very important principle. And this is from the Gemara and Kedushin. The Gemara and Kedushin says, if you want to do something bad and you don't, it's as if you have done something good. Mm. Again, another, this is gasoline, fuel, fill up number two. Let's, let's see it inside. Let's see it directly inside. Page 116, right hand column. Six lines from the bottom. Indeed... The rabbis of blessed memory have said, He who has passively abstained from committing a sin receives a reward as though he had performed a precept, a positive commandment. Someone that was put into a tough situation and didn't do the negative action is as if he has done a positive. So yes, the, the answer would be if you, if you are in a situation where you really want to do something bad and you don't, it's as if you have done an active mitzvah. This puts you ahead of a tzaddik. So now we have an aspect where the bainani is greater than the tzaddik. He's able to accomplish something that the tzaddik cannot accomplish. Is that because if I go into a store and I never think about stealing anything, it doesn't have an effect on me? 
But if I think of stealing some butt thing and I deny myself the action, I'm actually exercising my will over my thought? Yes, yes. You are... It's a greater emotional challenge to... Yes, that action to hold back yourself is, is a big challenge, and, and by fulfilling it, you have done a, you, it's as if you've done a positive mitzvah. Yes. What if it takes preparation to do the negative thing, and you do the preparation so that you're ready to do the negative <coughs> thing just in case, but you don't? You built the bomb. Well, I, I didn't understand the okay. question. Rabashkin was in prison. <coughs> they issued boots and plastic slippers. He always wore the plastic slippers. His cellmate would always wear boots and said, if somebody kicks you, you can't kick back and hurt them unless you have the boots on. And so this guy prepares himself always and wears the boots. Rabashkin <coughs> uses his classic slippers. Is the prison mate who's always putting on those boots at a higher, I don't know, at a higher level of control and willpower than is Rabashkin? who's only going to wear those plastic slippers even when he learns why the other guy is always wearing his heavy boots. Is this a true story? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that... Let me try and say it in words, and I think we'll answer the question. The greater animalistic soul you have, the more th challenges that come your way, in other words, the more you need to fight, <coughs> we're learning in this area, the more you're going to be rewarded for. So, someone that has more natural tendencies to want to do bad, will be, and <laughs> you have two people that are to, uh, to externally look the same. They're both doing everything they need to do. But one of them has no inner fight to be on that path. The other one is working extremely hard. So certainly the one who is working extremely hard will get more of a reward, according to what we're learning here. Yes. Did that answer the question? Yeah. Okay. So let's... Yes, Again, I would make the point that the critical action is the actualization of what is originally only in your mind. The tzaddik does not have that struggle. The benoni has a constant struggle. And since he is able to overcome his uh, sitra akra, the evil inclination, uh, the sitra akra apply here, or am I using it wrong? Yeah, yes. All right. Then he is in a constant battle. And the fact that he is able to overcome that battle and not actualize is critical because he is disciplining and uh, subduing his animal soul. 
the tzaddik doesn't have that problem. Yes. Thank you for pointing that out. So let's continue the la next, the last four words of the page, and this is going to put it all together. Consequently, he should rejoice someone who is having this inappropriate thought and holds it back should rejoice at his compliance with the injunction as when performing an actual positive precept. In other words, like we just learned in the Talmud, when someone has a desire to do something inappropriate and he holds himself back, it's as if he has done something good. Point number two. So point number one was, every time you hold yourself back, you're fulfilling a mitzvah. Point number two is, not only is it a mitzvah, it's as if you have done something good. <clears throat> not only have you not done bad, but every time you hold yourself back from doing something that you actively want to do bad, it's as if you did a, something good. Like, some people, like, I feel like they don't get thoughts before they do something bad. They're just so accustomed to doing it that they just do it. Some people, I mean, I guess let me repeat it back. Naturally, you're saying naturally, they don't think. Yeah. Like crimes of passion. Or like, yeah, like that. Or like even just like a normal person, like someone says something with their mouth, you don't think, oh, I'm going to insult them. You just, it just comes out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. But like, and then to a greater degree, like someone who, like what, well, maybe like what Sandra said, like someone who just kills without thinking. <sighs> So tell me the question you're asking. The question is, like, this is assuming that everyone thinks before they do an aver, but sometimes people don't think before they do an aver. Okay. And, and that, that makes sense. Some people don't think before they do an avera. But what we've learned, what we learn in Tanya is that an animal, an animal doesn't have the wisdom that humans were granted. The, the quality of a human over an animal is that we have, the, we have the ability, and this is the key part, we have the ability to, con to always control ourselves before we act. And if we act without thinking, we are held responsible because we could, we can bring ourselves to a place where we will always think before we do. So to, to answer your question, there may be some people that unfortunately have allowed themselves to come to a place where they don't think before they act. But they have allowed themselves to, to come to that position, and therefore they are still accountable for their actions. Mm -hmm. Like that you can bring yourself back up. So Absolutely. Everyone has the ability. Even someone who you think wouldn't. Well, if someone does not have that ability, then, then what we're learning here is the way Hashem has has created us as a whole. If someone does not have that ability, then they need to seek professional help. That means that there's, that means, that means that there's something that they need to work on. But as a, as a whole, Hashem has created all of us to be able to control our actions. Well, it sounds like there's no difference between, it's kind of like what David was saying, there's no difference between somebody who acts without thinking and somebody who thinks first but still acts the bottom line is they still acted right there's, there's no difference that's a great question what is worse to think and then act or to act without thinking 
from what we learn, it's like uh, you could talk about both sides. It's an interesting question. It's an interesting question. Um, a tzaddik was not born a tzaddik, so it depends. But 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 generally, well, well let me jump ahead. There me, were a certain number of tzaddikim in each generation. Did you not teach us that? Yeah. What I wanted to share is our concept of a tzaddik here, of someone that doesn't have cha- that doesn't have that doesn't experience um, even negative thoughts, those people are, are born with the nisham of a tzaddik. Oh, really? You're born with it? That's what exactly we're going to learn here. That you have to be... Everyone is born with a certain style soul. And you're not going to get out of that. That's actually going to be one of the major points of our chapter here. That if you're, if you're always going to have a challenge, if you're always, you may always be a banani. You may always have inappropriate thoughts coming and the need to fight them. But aren't there some people who were like born Bainanese and then they work on themselves and they reach, go to a, they achieve, uh, uh, they, they come to a point where, where they don't have these thoughts anymore? I mean, so they, I mean, they, they go to a higher level? There's somebody like that? Some, some people like that? We learned previously that Hashem may grant you such a privilege. But as a whole, um, it, it's not like a flow from a Bainani to a Tzaddik. No. You could, you, some people are created Bainanese, and this generally will be their position throughout, the, throughout their life, and some people are created a Tzaddik. Yeah. And, and that's really going to be one of the big focuses of the chapter. Very, very special. From what I have read, God recombines souls and then places he doesn't with a tzaddik, but he does with others. And then, so there you are, that's the raw stuff. But it seems to me to be the constant conundrum of the conflict between free will and predestination. You are made into this quantity. What you do with it is the free will part. And so, when you decide to discipline and govern yourself, with what you have, that has to do with your development in your godly soul. Um, that is what I have gleaned from the distillation, not only of this, but also uh, my guiding Rebbe Steinsalt, uh, that you have to discipline yourself with what you have. And if you are tempted greatly, and you survive and build on that, then you have become that much stronger. So back again to Moshe Rabbeinu. He became angry. He, in another instance, yeah, he's, he killed um, an, an Egyptian. Um, and I thought you said, so, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. was Moshe not supposed to kill the Egyptian? Um, I don't know, because I don't know, and I don't know if he was not supposed to become angry at seeing us with a golden calf and creating the golden No, so, so just, right, right. Each, each story, the, the answer is the mystery was basically trying to kill a Jew. And so he, he, out of self-defense, he... Um, he's saving a life. 
he was saving a life. Not only that, the, the Rashi shares, the Talmud shares, that he does a whole thought process going into his mind. He made sure that uh, this man wouldn't, didn't have um, any good children that were destined to come out of him. So that was actually a very holy act at that time. Um, well, let's not take Moshe Rabbeinu. How do Joseph's brothers end up being tzaddikim? I don't see it. But, but no, the, I want to share. These are good questions, and they all have individual answers. But those are each individual classes. You know, we could talk about, you know, there are many people that we could talk about, and we may think they sin that we could talk about. But um, that wouldn't be for this particular. But I, I appreciate the question. Let's summarize, and then I want to add a third point, which we'll introduce, and we'll, we'll focus on it next week. We said, every time you have a negative thought, send you over power, to, you're, you are fulfilling a mitzvah. Number two is, not only are you, are you fulfilling a mitzvah, you are, it's a, not only are you not doing something bad, it's as if you're doing something good. Number three, is that every time, and, and I'm going to be a little rough here, but forgive me, every time you get upset, or down by having an inappropriate thought, you're just a selfish and haughty person. L let, me share. let me share. Since when do you think you shouldn't have these inappropriate thoughts? Oh, <laughs> Why are you not supposed to be having the inappropriate thoughts? Because it would set your wife. <laughs> 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 Your wife is going to be much happier if you say that every time something happens, I just think about you and it pushes aside anything else. But then you're lying. <laughs> the, the Hashem, has, Hashem has created us that there is room for inappropriate thoughts. But there's no room to think about them. It's a, it's a small difference, but it's a major deal. Again, let's repeat that again. We all are, not all of us, Tadikim don't have it, but as a Bain, as the average human being, it is impossible, for the most part, for us to not have a certain reaction to different things that come our way. I just I was going to share a story. I was just trying to think if, if it's appropriate. Okay. But, you know, Manis, Rabbi Manis Friedman, he shares a story. He says, a group of bo a teenage b boys and girls came to him and they said that uh, every summer they go on a trip together. And, you know, they've been doing it for a while and now they're looking to make it a little holier. So, they'd like the Rabbi Friedman should join them. So he says, something smells really fishy. Mm -hmm. Going out into the wilderness, boys and girls together. So they say, ah, oh, Rabbi, don't worry about it. We know each other so well, nothing will ever happen. Even, nothing would ever happen to us. So he tells them, if nothing's going to happen to you, then there's something really wrong. In other words, Hashem has created us all to have a certain reaction.
to whatever it may be, food, whatever it may be. And if we have that reaction, it's not a bad thing. What's bad is if we are not able to control that reaction and push it aside. And if someone comes and says, when something comes to them, when they see something, they say, oh boy, what a bad person I am for, for even allowing myself to have this thought, well then you're being a haughty person. Like why, you think you're a tzaddik, who do you think you are that that thought doesn't have a place in you? It's a very important... Dr. Yosef is thinking seriously. Dr. Yosef, tell me, tell me what's the challenge with this one. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's because the challenge is either way you're thinking wrong. But I didn't say that. This, I didn't mean that disrespectfully. No, no, I just because it's a, it's a tough point. But nonetheless, say say it again. Gary. I would say, I mean, I, I guess you could flip it around and say either way you're thinking right. But if you're having the thought uh, that's wrong, and if you have the rightful corrective attitude, I shouldn't be thinking that thought. And, and you're upset with yourself, and that's not so good. <laughs> exactly. The key we're learning here is never be sad. That's the bottom line. Always be happy. And why are we, what are we learning? We're learning that if something inappropriate has come to your mind, okay, so push it away, and now you're, you've done your job, you've done exactly what you needed to do, you did a mitzvah, you're, you're exactly on target. That is your target. So, so, oops, so what I'm hearing is, if you have the bad thought, you just don't attach yourself to it, you ignore it, and you just let it kind of flutter on its way without judging it, without criticizing yourself. It just, it comes in because it's natural to come in, and it goes out, and then you move on and just kind of ignore it. Correct. Well, you need to force it out. It won't just leave on its own. Meaning you have to, and we may discuss that later on, how to not let yourself focus on that thought. But correct. The fact that it came in is not, is not a problem we're learning. It doesn't reflect on you being a bad person. There, there, um, I, you know, I, th I think uh, in environment is very important too. Um, I mean, there's certain biology and so on. But in addition to that, um, if you're in an environment where you're, you know, you're always watching the internet or something like that, or uh, uh, I mean, uh, um, it it could probably, you know, cause more thoughts to come more often than if you were not, you know. And the way the way society is going, <laughs> more and more people are going to have more and more challenges like this. Which is not necessarily a good thing. That makes it more mm -hmm. Huh? No, it doesn't. Well, they can overcome it by definition. But, but, but. Less of its side. No, but what, I, what I'm saying is, um, I mean, that's why I think, you know, there are all these strictures in, in Judaism and, and why there is a Mechitza, for instance. Right. right? So it, it, you're, you're, you're kind of controlling the environment. Right. So you're, yeah, I mean, you're, you're sort of minimizing the opportunity right. for these thoughts to come. Mm -hmm. so, I, I, so I think that's kind of important, too. Just that's crucial. And, yeah. and Dr. Yosef, I think you brought up a point. Perhaps I, I didn't mention it. Someone that 
goes to see inappropriate things to challenge themselves not to look at it is doing, is doing an Avera. It's doing an inappropriate thing. You know, it's not like, let me go and I'm going to see what I could see and not... No. How do I know that? Because there's a mitzvah in the Torah not to look at anything inappropriate. There's a mitzvah in the Torah, like Dr. Yosef said, to live in a city that doesn't have a bad environment. We need to leave, there's an active mitzvah to leave an inappropriate environment. So we're not at all coming here to say that if you're in a bad environment and you're overcoming it, you are a tzaddik. That is not what we're saying. What we're saying is you need to try and put yourself in the best environment possible. And you need to try to minimize whatever situations may come. But should a situation rise, recognize that that doesn't mean you're a bad person. I, I appreciate that, that, that uh, correction or addition. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I just think, I'd love to read the first three lines on page 118 of the top left paragraph, because it really puts it in, in perspective, and we'll review it next week. On the contrary, such sadness is due to conceit in that he does not recognize his position, period. That's amazing. Such sadness is due to conceit. So let's wrap it up together. I know it's been very repetitious, but I don't think we can repeat it enough. <laughs> if someone is in a healthy environment, if someone is having inappropriate thoughts, that does not reflect on who they are. That doesn't mean they're a bad person. And every, not only does it not reflect on who they are, but every time they overcome each individual challenge, they have done a mitzvah, of, they have fulfilled the mitzvah of not to follow your heart and your eyes. Not only have they done a mitzvah, it's as if they've done a positive mitzvah. As we learned, when something comes to your way, and you don't do it, it's as if you, if you did something good. And even more so, if you were going to get sad, for, this in a, for having such an inappropriate so, thought, well then you're a big shot. You think you're better, you think you're better than you really are. We'll conclude here. Thank you very much, everyone. Please.